I was uh, supposed to be gone this Sunday. Uh, I have my uh, yearly October uh, missions board meetings, and so I was going to be gone. And so I'd ask uh, Pastor Dustin to get prepared and be ready to speak uh, on our series. And um, so uh, I went to the doctor, and the doctor recommended that I not travel yet because of uh, my foot, but I am out of the boot. And um, yeah, uh, so hopefully I'll be running again in another month, playing golf in another week. And uh, but he said, you know, you probably shouldn't be going up steps, walking through airports and all that kind of thing. So I said, okay, I'll stay home. So I gave uh, Pastor Dustin the, the, I said, I'll either take it or if you want to continue to do it, I'll let you do it. And so he said, let me at him. And uh, so we get to hear from Pastor Dustin today. And uh, now I'll expect that next week when I come back. Um, we get to hear from him. I just let me just say a couple of things. Um, it's been fun to watch him grow in the last year and a half and um, just re really grow in some areas of importance. And uh, so I, I commend him for that. Uh, secondly, uh, he wanted, or he, we had talked about him taking over the youth, and he's doing that. And we've got other things we're going to be doing for children and working that through. I want to tell you that if you have teenagers, it is now time, definitely time, to bring them and get them engaged. Um, I could say so much, but I'm just going to say I'm really thrilled, and there's a spirit about our youth that is coming and being engaged now that I so love and appreciate. And um, we, I've told you this before, and I mean this. We have probably the best core of high school, junior high students that Creekside has ever had. And... And I believe we have one of the best people that can work with them because he's known them now for years. So without further ado, would you welcome Pastor Dustin? Thanks. Well, good morning, everybody. You guys doing good? Um, as someone so lovingly pointed out to me uh, this morning, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. But he said it again this morning. He said, hey, this is the first time you've ever preached in front of your boss, isn't it? Thank you for reminding me this. Yeah. No nerves. There were no nerves. Now there's a lot. But, but it's, uh, it's my pleasure to be here. I, I love every opportunity Pastor Terry has given me to, to come in and speak. You know, I love what I get to do here at Creekside, from the kids all the way up to every opportunity I have with you guys. And so I'll, I'll address this right off the bat. If you have Facebook, you've seen it, probably, if I'm on there. I'm not showing pictures today. I know, my, my wife was like, just show everybody, she's sick like that, but I was uh, trying to be a good husband, and I was trimming up some meat on Wednesday morning for dinner, and the knife got the better of me in the fight we got into, and the knife always wins those fights, so six, six stitches later, and I, you know, and, you know it's, it's all good, I really, really didn't want Terry to be the only one up here with some sort of cast on, and so I just thought if I'm going to speak on Sunday, I got I to gotta fit the part. But, um, but no, it's, I'm, I'm the person who can't look at those things. Like, I, I can look at the pictures now, but when I, when I saw it happen, you know, it was the, okay, I cut myself, oh, oh gosh, you know. And, and then my wife comes over, and she's like, whoa, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. she, she made so many comments in the hospital that the doctor, as he's stitching me up, actually said, are you sure she loves you? <laughs> because of how enjoy, she, yeah, she, she loved it. Loved seeing the, the stuff. But I'm glad that uh, 
it's not as bad as I said it could have been, and it's just a few stitches, and I'll be good to go really, really soon. So let me say, I love Team Creekside. How many of you guys can say that? Just you love Team Creekside, right? This is a... This has been a really fun series to be a part of because I've been a part of Team Creekside. I just turned 34 a couple weeks ago, and um, I've been a part of Team Creekside for all, almost all 34 of those years, and I've been here for a long time, and Pastor Terry has always spoken about uh, the joy he has of Creeksiders and Creeksiders, and we have a lot of people that serve, and it's been a joy to serve with Creeksiders, and from a very young age, Pastor Terry, I remember him talking about that um, from this room, talking about serving and being a part of things. And I got involved in children's ministry when I was really, really young, when Pastor Steve Magoon was here. I started volunteering in children's ministry. And even before that, when we would have different volunteers running it, I just loved to be in the class volunteering with the kids. I just had a lot of fun doing those things. So growing up volunteering in children's ministry. Then I joined youth leadership as I got into middle school and high school and started doing uh, the youth staff stuff there. It was super, super fun to be a part of that and also doing children's ministry. I went to Sacramento State University, and I would still come home on the weekends to work with the youth and specifically on Sundays with the kids. So being a part of Team Creekside has been part of me for my whole life. And I absolutely love what I get to do. There, there's nothing quite like uh, going into a room full of kids and just being a goofball, which I love to do in front of them. And then when you see the light bulbs go off, that they, they got the point. It's really, really fun. And more recently now, diving into youth ministry. So having been a part of youth ministry my whole life, going through here, middle school and high school, and now being in charge of youth ministry, it's really fun. And I actually had a student just a couple weeks ago. We're outside getting youth ready, and there's kids playing basketball, and we have badminton getting set up. And there's a student riding just a dirt bike around in the parking lot. And so I go outside and introduce myself to him, and he has his little sister with him. And she goes, that's the Sea Games guy. I was like, yeah, how you doing? And I didn't remember her name. <laughs> but, you know, there's 200 kids here at Sea Games. So I'm talking to him, and he says, what are you guys doing tonight? I said, what grade are you in? He said, sixth grade. I was like, all right, cool. Um, so tonight, here's what we're doing. We have the youth band that's going to play some music for us. From 6 to 7, we're going to play basketball, and we got video games. And he's just listening, like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I said, and then we're going to set up badminton. He goes, no way, you have badminton? Did not expect that from a sixth grader. And I said, yes, we're going to have badminton. He goes, I'm going to call my mom. Can I come? Absolutely, right there. He calls his mom and says, Mom, I'm at Creekside riding my dirt bike. They have badminton. Can I stay till 8? And he hangs up, he goes, I got to take my sister home, I'll be right back. And he came, and it was so cool. And then that night at the tables, we have table discussion, he starts asking, the, the whole lesson was on locking the word of God in your heart. And then at the table, he goes, he goes, I have a question for you. How do we even know that Jesus is in my heart? What does this mean? And I was like, yes. And then the whole, I mean, I had questions planned at that point. It was like, those questions are gone. And we just started talking about what does it really mean for him. You know, the, the kids were talking to him. The, the youth staff was talking to him. And we just got to minister to this kid who had never been here before. And it, for me, it was just like, man, that was amazing. I love what I get to do. I love being a part of Team Creekside. So today, as, uh, as Pastor Terry was asking me about uh, continuing the series with Team Creekside, he said, Let, let's talk a little bit about what does it take to have a ministry in Team Creekside? What elements go into having a children's ministry, a, a worship ministry, a, a youth ministry? What kind of comes together to make one of these ministries grow and flourish and, and be something that we see as thriving? I know it's important to be a part of serving a team, and we get a great example right from Scripture with Jesus and his disciples saying it's time to serve and be a part of a team. So if you open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10, we're going to start from there. Now, 
I say, I say this kind of loosely, open your Bibles, because I'm actually going to read from the message paraphrase. I love the way the message uh, kind of words this together, the call Jesus gives to his disciples in this moment. And as you're turning, I'll give you a little bit of background as to what just happened. So, <clears throat> little, little history here. Jesus had just spent a lot of time healing blind and healing sick. It actually says he looked up and saw a multitude of ill people and was spending a lot of time healing them. And so, in the, after he had done healing them, he let out a prayer, and he was praying for harvest hands. He said, God, we need people to reap this harvest of what they had just seen, the miracles that had just happened. And that's where we pick up in Matthew chapter 10. So here we go, starting in verse 1. The message says it this way. The prayer was no sooner prayed than it was answered. Jesus called 12 of his followers and sent them into the right fields. He gave them the power to kick out evil spirits and to tenderly care for the bruised and hurt lives. This is the list of the 12 he sent. Simon, they called him Peter or Rock. Andrew, his brother James, Zebedee's son. John, his brother Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the tax man. James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who later turned on him. Jesus sent the twelve harvest hands out with this charge. Don't begin by traveling to some far-off place to convert unbelievers, and don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick, raise the dead. Touch the untouchables, kick out the demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. I love the way Jesus gives that call to his disciples in the moment. One of the things this scripture is talking about is Jesus saying, hey, it's time for us to go serve. Go be with people. Let's go do something. Jesus had an incredible ministry in his time here on earth, and he prepped the group of people with him, the 12 disciples, to go make a world change. When they got, they got firsthand experience of doing ministry right there with Jesus, but what I love about this is Jesus didn't take his 12 disciples. He didn't say, okay, guys, everyone come over here. Stay with me. Watch what I do. Watch what I do. Okay, now go to sleep. Go home. That was good. All right, next day. Okay, guys, watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Okay, that's good. He didn't do that until he was crucified. He took a time to say, he did do that, you know, come watch me. But then he said, now it's time to go. Let's go practice what we learned. Let's be a part of serving some other people. Let's bring the kingdom to them. We can't just, you can't just watch. We've got to be a part of this now all together. He tells them, go, apply, reach, practice what you're learning. And I love what verses 5 through 8 say. It says, you don't even have to go very far to do it. You don't have to think, all right, if I'm going to serve God, I now have to go travel all this way. No, you can do it right away, right in your immediate community. You can do it at home, in your job, at school, here at the church. There are places that you can serve immediately. Now, maybe later you will be called to go do something else, being a part of a missions team like joining my shameless plug, joining the Mexico team. It's good stuff, and you can be called to do that, but at the same time, that doesn't have to be something like, if I'm going to serve, I've just got to leave. Jesus says, in your immediate community, you can serve right now, right where you are. There are ministries here that I believe every single person at Creekside, everyone, has something they can offer to a ministry. No matter where you are in your life, no matter where you think you're going, you can serve somewhere. And we're going to dive into that a little bit later, the different ways that we're equipped to serve. <clears throat> but I know that when you come here on Creekside, you, you may be able to walk in and you can look and go, children's ministry, running smooth, youth ministry, sweet, it's awesome, worship team, got it, back wall covered. And it can look like, wow, this is a well-oiled running machine. But you may not see all the parts that happen behind the scenes to get all of that to happen. There's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of things that we're involved in to make sure that things are flowing and we can have an excellent Sunday morning where we can praise and worship without any hiccups whatsoever. It takes a lot of time, and it takes a lot of people. A lot goes into the ministry. 
<clears throat> now, this morning, I'm going to go through a few things with you. What does it take as we run a ministry? What does it take when we say, all right, this is what we're going to need to make sure this thing is successful? You're going to hear a lot of examples from children's and youth, because let's face it, that's what I've been doing for a really long time. So I'll talk about children's ministry. I'll talk a little bit about youth ministry. But, um, but you'll see these, these principles apply to whatever ministry you're thinking of getting involved in, or just when you think of what happens here at church with the ministry, how does it all work together? <clears throat> so here we go. Are you guys ready? The first point's a big one. Going to hit you hard right off the bat. Okay? I'm glad I'm not preaching next week based off what he said, but this is a good one too. In order to serve in a ministry, you have to be sin-free, perfect, and pledge never to make another mistake ever again. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> if that was the case, of course that's not the case. If that was the case, I wouldn't be here. No one, Terry would probably still be here. No one else would be here. We, we'd, it, no one would be serving. It would be just doors closed, church is over. We can't do it at all. Now, Obviously not the case. We're all in this journey of work, walking with God, and we all are going to make mistakes. But I do think it takes us to be in a place where we say, you know what? I'm, I'm trying really hard. I'm letting Jesus pour into me. Now I'm ready to go pour into somebody else. We've got to make sure we're, we're, our heart is in the right place. I'm serving because, God, you love me, and I know that I'm called to serve. I'm giving God my best, so now I can go give my best. Now, as we dive in, I want to let you know that if you want to be— when, when I look at people in, in ministry— and I say, all right, what's it going to take to make this ministry thrive and successful? It's going to take members of the team that are committed to coming to the church. Now, that may sound kind of redundant, because you may say, well, of course they got to be coming to the church. They wouldn't be serving at the church if they weren't here at the church. They can't do it from home. Well, yes, you can in one sense, but let me give you an example of, of where I'm coming from. We have to be committed to letting God fill us before we can go fill something else. Hebrews 10.25 says this, let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as they see the day approaching. Now, let me unpack this with a little bit of children's ministry stuff. In order to leave an effective ministry, you've got to make sure that you're getting fed so you can go feed somebody else. Now, what I mean is, when you serve, serving takes something out of you. And not, not a bad thing, like I, I've shared before, when I go over there on a, um, a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning, I leave the classroom just like totally ramped up for what I just did, or in the, the, the interaction I just had with the kids. It is exciting and fun, but at the same time, I just gave something of myself. I just poured something out that God was pouring into me, into these kids. <clears throat> and I've, uh, I've never known someone to join a ministry team and not know, or have them, you know, it's, it takes time. If you join something, it's going to take a part of your time. There's no one that can say, I joined this, and it didn't take any time. It's going to take something. <clears throat> but time and commitment, these go hand in hand, especially on where you serve. So a Sunday morning, for example, with kids. I have a team over there right now with kids, but because they're over there with the kids, they're not in here. So there right now, they're doing a lot of feeding. But at the same time, I need to make sure, and we want to make sure, that they're taking time to get fed as well. Some of them will teach once a month. Some of them will go in there and they say, I'm going to teach every Sunday this month and you can't make me not. I'm like, all right, <laughs> you're going to teach every Sunday this month. That's great. But I want to make sure that we're getting in here as well. Here's a little thing to make it <clears throat> visualize what I'm talking about. So this is like the word of God. So you come to church. You come and you come and you worship and you praise and you hear, you hear a word and you're taking notes and you're like, this is awesome. And God is just filling you up. And you feel like, yes, this is good. I'm going to go throughout my week now. I am full. I'm just feeling like I can take on anything. And so you go to work, and you go home, and you start pouring some of that out into your friends and family. And then you join a ministry team. 
And you come, and like the children's team over there, you start pouring into these kids. So what God has poured into you, you are now pouring out. And you're going good. Then the next week comes, and you're like, I'm, I'm going I'm to keep serving. I'm liking what I'm doing. This is a lot of fun. So you go back, and you start pouring more out. Sure enough, you keep going, you keep going, you keep going, and you've poured out in everything, and you're thinking, yes, I'm good. But at the same time, your cup is now empty. It's really, really hard to keep pouring into somebody else when you've been emptied. Because <clears throat> you're going to pour into those people, and they're going to start pouring into other people. Everything you're teaching them. And then the next shift comes, and you're ready to go. But you haven't been in here because you're so focused on serving in your ministry, and oh man... You see the kind of the problem we run into. If we're not letting ourselves get fed, we're not going to be able to feed them, and it's going to, it's going to affect things. So we need to make sure that we're coming and we're letting the Word of God fill us back up. And the more we do that, the more we in turn, when we serve, we can fill other people. It's really hard to do this without a thumb. <laughs> and then we go and we serve other people as well. It's important to make sure that when you're feeding, you're taking time to get fed. In this passage in Hebrews, the author was speaking to people about how frequently they visit the synagogues and to be cautious of getting a lack of teaching in their lives because there was, there was a lot of different teachings going on after Jesus had been crucified and resurrected. And he said, you guys, let us not forget how important it is to meet with each other because we've got to build ourselves up because when we go out there, something else is going to fill us. If we're not letting the word of God fill us, it's going to be something else. And we want God to be what fills us so we can pour into other people. <clears throat> don't let the pouring of yourself get so depleted that something else fills it. Let's get to church. Be here. Be involved. Be engaged. Be in a small group. Really be a part of letting God fill you up. Now, this translation uses the word encourage. In Hebrew, it's the word aded. And what that means is to exhort or to strongly build up and urge someone to do something. When we come to the church and we come to a small group and we come and we let God fill us up, we're able to grow together. And that, that's part of the whole Team Creekside. We're all on the same team here, letting God work and fill us in our hearts. And we get to challenge one another. We get to abed with one another and let that be what pours out of us into the different ministries. We get to fill our cups and fill others by serving. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. What better way to let the word of God dwell in you richly than coming here and, and doing it at the tables with each other, right? I mean, here we really get to challenge one another. At a small group, you get to go and really challenge one another. I love that um, I get to talk to some people here at Creekside, whether it's after a service or just throughout the week, and we challenge each other. I read this, what did it do for you? I read this, what did it do for you? And we get to challenge each other, and we get to let our cup get filled, and that totally pours over when we go to serve in our different ministries. And so for a ministry to be successful, to have people in it that are pouring into people, it takes that people that are committed to letting God pour into their life first. Now, in my life, I can absolutely fall into the same trap. I'll get over there, and I'll teach on a regular basis. I love to do it. But often, I can teach the large group class, and it'll be so easy for me to be like, all right, we're going to do this, and then just hang out with the kids all day because I love doing that. But I know that if I do that for too long, I'm not able to pour into the kids much anymore. And so very often, I really try really discreetly to sneak in and sit in the back table over there when I'm done teaching a lesson with the kids so I can let God fill me up too. No one here on staff is exempt from it. You know, just because we're working here doesn't mean we don't need to get fed as well. We've got to make sure God is feeding us so we can feed people. I ask the kids team to do the same. If you're serving on a Sunday, make sure you're taking Sundays to just come in here. Don't worry about coming here and getting involved on and, and that particular week. Just come and get fed. 
Let God fill you up, and then you'll see the amazing things he will be able to do for you. I want God, I want to let God give me his best so I can in turn go give my best. And I know that's key to a ministry here. Another element, as redundant as this may seem, or as kind of like a duh kind of thing, is a successful ministry involves having prayer warriors. It's so easy to think that sometimes prayer is the first thing that we don't do when, when we want to do something in our lives. I was actually doing a meeting at one point, and uh, I had to be reminded, I'm a few minutes in, and someone said, can we pray first? It's like, why did I not start with that? Jeez, you think I'd be the one that would do that, <laughs> but I didn't do it. It's often something that's overlooked, but the truth is, this is the backbone of successful ministry anywhere. You've got to have people praying for it. I'm guilty of throwing up a Hail Mary prayer. I'm guilty, like I said, of not doing it right away. There was uh, about 10 years ago was the first year, I think, that I was given the dinner auction. I was like, all right, and that's the fundraiser that we do to raise money for our, our summer camp. I was like, so Pastor Terry gave me the auction, and it was my first time doing it. I was running around like a madman a lot trying to get things in place. And I remember we were like the day before the auction, and I'm, Paula is doing some administration for me, so she's at the church, the, the church office. I go in there, and she sees me just stressing out. Like, I'm a, I'm a stress case. And she goes, when was the last time you prayed about the auction? I couldn't even answer the question. I, I just, I, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just thinking of what I need to do, what I need to do. And she had to remind me, stop and pray about it. And so I did, just right there. I was like, just dropped my notebook, put my head down, just like collapsed at the table. I was like, we've got to pray about this. And we prayed about the auction. And I remember that year, it was one of the most successful auctions we had ever had. And I was like, you know what? Had I not prayed, I don't know if it would have been that because I, it had to I had to take the time to let God know he was first in this. It wasn't just about the money. It wasn't about the event. It was about what God was going to do through these kids in the event. And I was losing sight of that. So putting God first and praying is a backbone for anything in ministry. You've got to keep that line of communication going with you and God. When we pray, we're directly communicating with God. Having that, that just conversation that, that so many people may think they don't have to have very often, we need to have it more often. Now, I'm not going to spend time talking about all the different kinds of ways we can pray because that could be a really, really long talk in itself. But I will say we see in Scripture the incredible power of prayer. Many, many times we see different people in their stories in, in Scripture and how they prayed and how God answered their prayer, um, not just right away, but through the course of their ministry and did amazing things. The Apostle Paul, he prayed faithfully with the Christians at a church in uh, Colossae, and he hadn't even met these Christians, but he knew how important it was for them to know he was praying for them. If he, if Paul, the early leader of, of Christians, thought it was important to pray for people that he didn't even personally meet. He just knew what they were doing. How important do you think it is for us to pray for the people that we see every day? Uh, the people, the kids in the class over there, the youth here on Wednesdays, we see them all the time. It's important to pray for these guys. It's important to pray when you see ministry leaders walking around doing what they're doing, praying for them, knowing that they're giving something of themselves so that these kids can get something from God as well. It's important. Colossians 3, or 1, 3 through 4, this is what Paul prays. He says, we always pray for you and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people. All Paul did was hear. It's like, all right, there's this church, and I'm hearing about people that love God. I'm going to pray for them. And that's all he could do from where he was at this time, but he knew the power of prayer. In 1 Kings, some other examples we have of prayer getting answered, and we see the power of what God can do with it. In 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah prayed and saw fire rain down from heaven and burned an altar drenched in water. 
burned it to a crisp. In 2 Kings, Jerusalem was surrounded by an invading army, and King Hezekiah was having a panic moment, as any king would if an army comes and surrounds your city. And so he prays, God, save us, protect us. What do we do? We need you. That night, God wipes out the invading army before they fire a single arrow into the city. In Samuel, we see a woman named Hannah desperately praying for a child. She wants this more than anything, and she prays and she commits to God, and then God honors her and gives her a child, Samuel, who eventually goes on to find King David. We can never forget there is real power in prayer. If God can do these things back then and things in our lives today, I know many of us have stories where we could say, I prayed for this, and this is what God did to me. I'm sure we all have a story in some way, shape, or form where all that lines in. Think of what God can do if we were all here praying for the ministries on campus. It could be an amazing thing to see what God can do because we are just showing he is the priority for everything that we do first. Another story, just recently, a friend of mine was having a bad day with work. He had said things were hard, things were really struggling, and and he had a moment where he just didn't know what he was going to do. And he, he said he fell down on his face before God. It's like, God, what do I do? What am I supposed to do here? I really need your help. What's, and it was hard for me to see, see my friend in this, in this mentality. But what's really cool is after he had this moment where he laid down before God and just said, God, I'm coming before you, what do I do? A lot of things changed right away. It was really, really cool to see how God was faithfully answering prayer. Never forget, there is power in prayer. Our ministries need people to pray. Our youth ministry needs people to pray for those youth every single Wednesday, when, and not even just Wednesdays throughout the week, but when you know that youth is happening from 6 to 8 p.m. every Wednesday night. When they come here, we need people to pray that, hey, God, speak to those kids. God, let, let the word that you're, you're delivering to them today, God, let it resonate in their hearts. Let the youth staff be able to connect, God. Let, bring, let kids come. Let kids who don't even know what's going on walk by and say, what's happening there? Let's go check it out. Let stuff happen. We need our prayers to be focused on, on these kids on Wednesday nights. Sunday mornings, pray that those kids, when they go in there, man, God is just working on those little hearts, that God is preparing possibly the next future pastor at Creekside. Or the future pastor in another church, that God is preparing those hearts for his work. Pray that those teachers are infusing life into those kids. And that it's not just them talking, that God is talking to every child in there. Pray that we can change the world with the ministries that start here. Because if the, if the love is flooding into the kids here, imagine what happens when the love floods out of the gates here through the kids. That's, it's amazing to think about what we can do because of our prayer. Now, having said that... <clears throat> The last thing I want to share with you today is this. Never forget, a ministry to be successful needs people. Let me unpack that for you a little bit. A ministry needs people. Go a little deeper with it. We need people. I think God got it, right? We need people. But no, it's, it's true. A ministry, in order to have a successful ministry running, it needs people. And I said earlier, um, every person here has something different they can bring to a table. I had a meeting with someone else about youth ministry, and they came to me, and they said, they said hey, I, I want to be a part of youth, but I just don't know what I bring to the table. I just don't know. Like, I, I think about it, yeah, that'd be fun, but then I think, no, I don't know. And I said, well, let me tell you, because I know this person fairly well. I said, I know what you do for a living in your career and your job, and I think when you're talking to kids, you bring this element to the table. No one else in my ministry works the way you do, and that's a totally different aspect you can approach things with. You bring something different to the table. We need hands, we need feet, we need hearts of people that are saying, you know what, I'm available. 
I may not know what I'm going to bring, but in my walk of life, I know that God has prepped me to bring something here. We, now, we have very many various roles in children's ministry and youth ministry and worship ministry, just across the board. There's different roles that people can step into to do. And there's something, I think, for everyone. Romans 12, 4 through 8 says this, for just as just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, through many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We each have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encourage, then go give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now, what's great is this verse does not say, if your gift is to administrate, jump in front of the kids and be the teacher. It doesn't tell you to go where you're not gifted. It's telling you, you have a gift, go, go use that gift. Go and do it well and watch your heart and your ministry flourish. Watch how when you pour your gift into something, you will see that get poured into the ministry tenfold. Now, sticking with children's ministry, like I said, because that's what I do most of the time, um, there are people diligently teaching that are in an upfront role. Um, that's what I get to do on a Sunday when I'm over there. I get to stand in front of the kids, and I get to tell jokes. I get to do tricks. I get to be a goofball, all while delivering the message and the point for the day. It's a lot of fun. And I have people over there. Um, Scott McConnell is one of my other small or large group leaders. He's over there doing it right now. And I know that when he goes in there, he is just full and having fun of what he does with the kids. But there are some people that you can talk to and say, all right, so what do you think about joining children's ministry? And they go, I cannot teach kids. Don't put me in front of kids. I can't do it. No way. And that may be true, and that's great. But that's not all children's ministry has to offer. That's not all youth ministry has to offer. If you join the youth ministry team, that doesn't mean you're going to be preaching every Wednesday. There's different things that every ministry has involved. There are task, tasks in each ministry. Maybe you come and you say, you know what, I, I don't feel confident enough. You know, just, I'm, I'm not at the place where I really want to teach or lead a discussion. But man, if you need something set up, I, you need tables and chairs moved, you need something built, I can do it. Great. We're doing stuff all the time where we're moving pieces around and, and making different things. There's stuff for you there too. Maybe you say, you know what, I, I just want to be behind the scenes. I just want to get things ready so that people come in and they're ready to go. I don't, I don't want to see the kids. That's not my gifting. Don't want to see them. Don't want to be around them. But I will get everything ready so when the people come, they are ready to go. I have people that do that. There are people that don't want to be in the class, but they'll come in at different points throughout the week, and they will make sure that when the teachers and leaders come on Sunday, the classrooms are ready to rock and roll. They don't want to be in the classroom, but they'll make sure that the people who do want to be in the classroom have what they need. There's something for each and every one of us here. <clears throat> never think that what you have, what your skill set is, never think that it's something that couldn't be used to serve in a ministry somewhere. <clears throat> We have uh, opportunities, I know, in children's ministry and even here for what we call back wall, you know, computers and tech. If you're, if you're totally tech-minded, there's opportunities to come and do some of that stuff. We have a, a back wall in the kids' room and, and youth room as well. So if you're, if you're technology-minded, there's stuff for you there. And there's, there's some people that work with technology that, are, that, that don't want to be in front of people. That's great because you literally are behind people in that ministry. You're behind everybody. But there's something for you to do. There are, in, there are an incredible amount of tasks for anyone who just says, yes, I can serve. I have time. Let me come see what I can do. If you don't want to administrate, put my hand up for that one. I do not want to administrate. 
You can talk to Pastor Terry or the, the headaches I've given Monique with my, you know, having to grow in administration areas. I've had to grow immensely in administration because I just, I, I, it's not what I want to go do. But I know I have to do it. And I have people now that help me with this because they've signed up to say, hey, I can help administrate in these things. <clears throat> There's something for everyone. First Peter 4, 10 and 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11 says, Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. What I love about this verse is it's saying, Peter says, we should all, we all take our strengths, we all go and serve, and it's all for God's glory. It's all to better the ministries, not just for the sake of now Creekside has a really good ministry, but for the sake of look what God is doing in this ministry. Look how God is growing these hearts. Look what God is teaching this person. Look what God is teaching you through serving. What I've learned from people as well, and even in myself, when I serve, I'm learning so much about myself that God is teaching me amazing things that I wouldn't know if I wasn't serving. It's not just to help other people. I know that God grows us each when we serve, and it's all for his glory. Serve where your talents are. Wherever your talent may be, there's something for you there. Now, I get excited when I think about the people, people joining Team Creekside and being a part of what we're doing. The more people that join the teams, the greater our, our reach and our outreach is. Now, I know that beyond without the shadow of a doubt, I wouldn't be able to do what I do in children's ministry if it wasn't for the team in there. The people that, that week in and week out, month in, month out, come and serve in children's ministry, I wouldn't be able to do it. It's just too much for one, any one person to try and do on their own. But because of the team and the people on the team, we're able to have a better and greater impact. Same with all the teams here at Creekside. The youth ministry team, it is so fun to see this team as I've, uh, as I've dove into it, to see this team growing and see the leaders say, this is, this is something like, I had so much fun that Wednesday connecting with these kids. What can we do next? Because God is growing them. And the more people we have, the more people we can reach. Wouldn't it be amazing if everybody in here signed up to be a part of a ministry team? Just think about it. Just, just like really, really think. If we were all serving in some way, shape, or form, imagine the love that would be pouring out of this building. The, the kids coming in knowing they could walk through and see everybody and go, these people help serve me. These people help serve my parents. Everywhere we look, it's people building each other up, people diving in, people working with each other. Just, I, I get really, really excited and I start to talk fast just thinking about what God can do because we all serve. It's incredible to think about how much love would the kids feel when they see us knowing that we love them and we're going to take time out of our really busy schedules to say, God, I'm available. Use me. God, use me. Now on the flip side, what if we had no volunteers? That'd be really weird, wouldn't it? come in and see nobody here. On a Sunday morning, if there was absolutely nobody to serve, you come and there's no one in children's ministry, there's no one on the worship team, it would just be awkward. Really, really weird to see, to see uh, the church staff just trying to run around, get this done, get this done, get this done. It would be really weird, it'd be stressful, and it probably wouldn't feel very comfortable for you guys. It's kind of like, what is going on? They do not have their stuff together here. This is insane. It, it, would, it would be, it just mean, I can't say anything else other than just weird and awkward, right? <clears throat> Now, it, what we try to do at Creekside is we try to make sure that everything we do is done with excellence. One of, our, one of our values is excellence. We want to make sure we're giving God our best. And if we didn't have people serving, it would be really, really hard. 
to have something with excellence. It's a big job to try and do alone, but I know that the more I serve at Creekside and the more I've been given different ministries to, to oversee and be a part of, I learn all the time that the power of me is always outdone by the power of we. Team Creekside is an awesome, awesome team to be a part of. And when we have these elements together, when we have people that are coming to Creekside, they want to be a part of Creekside, and they're getting filled. They're letting God fill their hearts. And then we have people that are praying for our ministries, saying, you know what? I don't, maybe that is your service. You're going to join a prayer team. You say, I'm going to, every day at this time on this week, I'm going to pray. We have people praying. And then we have people in the trenches doing it and people behind the scenes getting it ready. When we put all of that together, we have an amazing team at Creekside. We have amazing ministries that can change the world. I know that I got, <clears throat> I was raised coming here to Creekside. I've been at this church my whole life. And through here and my experience at kids camp and, and youth camp, God put it on my heart to be a pastor. But I know that's because of the people that infused God into my life while here at Creekside. Never forget the impact we have, whether it's behind the scenes putting something together, whether it's in front of a class teaching kids, whether it's working at a computer, joining the worship team. Everyone here has something we can offer to a ministry. And when we put those elements together, getting filled, praying, signing up, it's amazing to see what God can do. So would you stand with me this morning? I want to I end our time with this challenge for you. We have the ministry fair coming up next week. <clears throat> but I want to challenge you as well. This week, be praying for the ministry fair. Like I said, we, we got to be praying for these ministries, right? Be praying for the ministry fair. Pray that God will stir in your heart. Pray that God will stir in other people's hearts. Pray that God will just stir in Creekside's heart, in the heart of Martinez. What can we do to serve? How can we be a part of moving the mission forward? How can we be a part of just saying, God, you know what? I'm going to do this. It's going to take time, but I know God. I know that when I'm doing this, because I'm a part of the team, I get to go do this. And when we do that all together, it's amazing. So I challenge you guys today, find out what area you want to serve in, youth, children's, whatever it is. Ask God to make it clear for you. God, I, you know, just ask him, what's my talent? What's my gift? You may know what your gift is, and you may say, all right, I have a gift. Let me see if this ministry can use me. Just be praying how God can use you, and then don't wait. Sign up. You can even sign up before the ministry fair. Just put it in your card in the basket right now if you're ready to go. Otherwise, next week at the ministry fair, come and talk. It'll be fun to see us. And don't let this opportunity go by. Don't wait. Sign up. God will use you. All you have to say is, I'm available. I'm ready to go. Would you bow your heads with me? God, I thank you so much for Team Creekside. God, I thank you for what you're doing here. I thank you for what you do in our hearts. God and I God, I just, I ask that as we go out today, as we leave here, God, we start asking ourselves, God, what can I do? Uh, God, what, what gift can I bring? What do I bring to the table, God? And I ask that as we ask this, you reveal to each person here, you reveal to all of us how we can serve, how we can grow. And God, I, th I thank you that when we do that, you are faithful and just, God, and you fill us up and you allow things to flourish because you sh we show that we are faithful to you first and foremost. So God, be with us. Fill us and encourage us as we go out today and to speak to us, how can we serve? How can we be a part of what you are doing here in our community? We thank you, God. We love you. And all of God's children said, amen. amen. Right. Thank you all very, very much. You are loved. Have a great day.
Good morning, everybody. I want to welcome you. It's a joy to see everybody here. How are we doing? You doing all right? Anybody doing bad? If you're doing bad, meet with me afterwards, okay? It's okay not to be okay. So if you're not okay, then just, uh, I'll be up here after service, come up, and I would be glad to pray with you, listen to you, talk with you, uh, whatever, whatever. Uh, if you're a guest today, I want to welcome you. Thank you for taking the time to join with us and uh, spend some time, carve out uh, from your morning football or whatever you do on Sunday to be able to come and join us at Creekside. Uh, if you are a guest, we'd uh, be honored if you would take a connection slip that's on your program there, fill it out, drop it in the basket on the table, and uh, let us know that you were here just so I can have a connection with you and drop you a note uh, of thanks and appreciation. Also, you'll see this in your program. Would you take it out unless you did it last week? If you did not do one of these last week, would you fill one out today? We're going to do this this week and then uh, next week as well just to get as many on any Sunday. Probably 30% of the Creeksiders are gone, so we're trying to get a clear demographic of who makes up Creekside. So if you did not fill one of these out last week, um, would you do that? now and today or sometime and put it in the basket before you leave. If you say, well, I filled one out two weeks ago, uh, we, nulled and, we null and voided those, okay? So if you did one two weeks ago, um, they were just kind of confusing and we were confused trying to figure out your confusion. So um, do this one if you didn't do it last week, please. Uh, there's no thing going on with them except we're just trying to figure out who Creekside is as part of where we're going uh, in this next season. Okay, got that? Um, a lot of people are probably going to... Um, we have a volunteer fair next Sunday. It takes place in between services and after. It's just going to be an opportunity for you to get information on opportunities and places you can serve and what they're about. Remember, loved ones, our focus is our serving capacity, first and foremost, even beyond our seating capacity. Because we believe if we're serving, it's going to make a lot of room for people to come and be a part of this. Because that's just part of the spirit of who Creekside is. So that's going to be next week. Now, let me tell you about next Sunday. You probably won't want to miss it. Okay, we're going to do something different. Uh, let, let me tell you this about doing something different. Some of you will come and you'll go, oh, this was good. This was fun. And some of you will probably get mad. <laughs> that was a really nervous laugh. I like that. <laughs> so just to let you know, uh, uh, that's all I'm going to tell you. So uh, I invite you to come and be a part of next Sunday. Uh, we have Cruise in the Creek next Saturday, a great opportunity uh, to really reach uh, just a different group of people. Uh, we're hosting it again. We got a lot of fun things, food and uh, family type of things. We, we're uh, people that are 
coming to that or a part of it or putting a car into it, they're, uh, they're not paying an entry fee as much as they're making a donation to help uh, Yvonne Cameron's ministry, Passion for the Streets, and to help get uh, uh, students out of homeless situations. So if you have a car or a truck or something you want to donate, uh, get it into the car show and uh, donate toward it, that'd be great. If you want to serve, there's going to be opportunities as well, so just let us know on your connection slip. Okay? I think that's about it. Oh, yes, I can't forget. Baptism is coming. You see the sheet in your program. Really important. Uh, every year we do a harvest offering. Um, maybe you don't notice, or maybe you're so used to it, we don't bring up uh, money a lot. You know, we don't receive an offering. That's what the basket is for, or if you go online, uh, you can do it that way. But we don't talk a lot about money, and when we have guests come through or we do projects, we don't say, hey, could you cough up some money this Sunday? We receive a harvest offering over and above our regular giving the first Sunday, um, uh, excuse me, the, the, the Sunday right before Thanksgiving. Uh, we receive it on that Sunday. And so we ask people to prayerfully, prayerfully prepare for that. This isn't one of those offerings where we just say, you know, kind of, oh, let me see, what have I got, what have I got extra today? Um, it's not that kind of an offering. It's the kind where you say, Lord, well, what is it you have for me to give? What can I sacrifice to be able to, to help missions? And all of our outreach, all of our missions support, all of our missions money comes out of this offering. And those of you that have been here for a few years, you understand how important it is to our church. On one Sunday, it'll be that offering will be anywhere from ninety-five to one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. And that makes it possible so you don't have to have somebody like me come up here and go, uh, we're going to receive a special offering this morning, you know, three or four or ten times a year. This is it. We do it one time. And it's an opportunity for us to expand and express and enlarge our hearts toward giving. So I invite you to read this. And if you would, begin to prepare toward that Sunday. Okay? Well, this morning, um, I wasn't supposed to be here. And I'm here. Uh, uh, but what happened is, um, was, that, was that one clap? <laughs> you know, you're, you're just the sweetest, most loving congregation in the whole wide world. Who was that clapped? Oh, my wife? <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, honey. Mary? That's so sweet. I just need about 200 more of you. <laughs> I, was supposed to, I wasn't supposed to be here because, as you know, I had an injury on my foot. And so the doctor recommended that I don't uh, travel because it's a lot of walking and up and down um, stairs and airports and all of that. Um, <clears throat> so I, I'm here, and uh, I got my boot off. I took my boot off uh, yesterday because I had two funerals, and uh, I just didn't want to wear a boot and a suit. So... <laughs> And the doctor said it was all right. He just said, be really careful. And I wore tennis shoes, so that was kind of cool. But um, I'm here. Uh, but, but, you know, a couple months ago, I knew I was leaving, and I told Dustin, Pastor Dustin, I said, you know, you, you want to speak? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'd love to. And um, so this week, I said, doctor said I probably shouldn't go. And I gave him the option if he wanted to still speak or not. I said, I know you're busy. You've been pushing, you know, you've 
pedal to the metal for a while, and I'll be glad to take that spot if you'd like. He goes, oh, no, no, I love doing it, and I'd like to do it this Sunday. So I'm here to introduce him. And uh, now, was that for me or him? I'm just, I, <laughs> I got to get something out of you guys. Um, uh, but, you know, Trina said, let's go to Bodega Bay. And I said, no, I got to, I need to be at work. And uh, so now I got you. <laughs> you know, I'm really confused. Yeah, go to Bodega Bay. <laughs> Ah, cheap laughs, thanks. Um, I want to I, I introduce Dustin, Pastor Dustin. You all know him. Uh, but I want to say that, uh, you know, he's been back with us for a year and a half. And uh, I, I've seen such incredible growth in so many areas of it. I'm really proud of him. And I tell him that. And he's taken on the responsibility now of our youth ministry. And we don't go, oh, poor Dustin. We're, you know, he loves it. And we're going to take care of him. I'm taking care of him. I'm, you know, um, but he's doing a great job with the youth. It's only been a few weeks, but he's doing a great job. And uh, I said this a couple of months ago or a month ago. We have the best t a core group of youth ministry that we've ever had in my 26 years here. And I think, of, and I can think of nobody better to lead them because of past relationship and who he is and to really help them grow. And so I'm really excited about that. But I'm just thankful that Dust Pastor Dustin is here and I'm glad he gets to speak today because he enjoys it, and we're trying to work with him in a lot of things, so give him a big welcome. It's a good way to start off. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, let's pray this morning. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for everyone here, and I thank you, God, that we just get the opportunity to come and celebrate and worship together. I ask, God, that you sit at every table, you touch every heart, and more than anything, God, you are seen in what we do here. We thank you, we love you, and everybody said, amen. amen. Well, good morning. It's my pleasure to be here with you today. And so a lot of people are asking, so I'll, I'll address what happened to my thumb. If you have me in your social media platform in any way, shape, or form, you've seen pictures. I'm not showing pictures today, despite the encouragement I had from my wife to show pictures. But um, I was being a loving, awesome husband, like I try to do most of the time. And I was trimming some meat at home on Wednesday morning. Uh, we were going to eat that night, so I was just getting meat ready, and the knife slipped, and I got into a fight with it, and it won, which the, a knife will usually win that fight. So uh, six stitches later, and I'm, I'm the kind of person to where when I saw it happening, I was like, oh, and there's blood. And it's like, okay, I cut myself. Then I put it under the faucet and went, oh. <laughs> like, it, was, it was pretty gnarly. And uh, my wife comes over. She's like, yeah, ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so, and the comments kept going. So I, I couldn't look. We went to, the, went to the doctor, and he's stitching it up. And the whole time I'm, you know, not looking. Steph's firing pictures away on her phone. And the comments just kept flying. The doctor actually looks at me. He says, are you sure she loves you? <laughs> I said, I think so. <laughs> but um, all that to say, some stitches later and some Advil and things are, things are good. But I really just didn't want Terry to be the only one casted up some way up here. So I come with this and he takes his boot off. So it just kind of defeated the whole purpose anyways. But I'm glad it's not as bad as it could have been. The doctor said I just missed a couple areas that could have made it a really bad cut. But thank, thank the Lord that it was just a few stitches, and I'm all good to go. 
Now, again, uh, Terry had mentioned I've been back on staff for a year and a half. I've been at Creekside, I just turned 34 a couple weeks ago, and I've been at Creekside for most of those 34 years. Um, I love Team Creekside. I love being a part of this church. I grew up in this church. My grandpa had the privilege of uh, pastoring this church before Pastor Terry came in. So this church is, is my home. I absolutely love it here. And when I graduated, well, before I went to college, Pastor Terry has always given, even, even way back in the day when you first came here, sorry, I didn't mean to make it sound that long ago, but, but when he first came here, he's, he's always infused the vision of serving and having a big serving capacity here at Creekside. And so at a very young age, I would hear all those talks about serving as well. And I, I dove into children's ministry when I was still very, very young. And I absolutely love working with the kids. I would dive in children's ministry. And as I got older, I started serving in youth ministry. And I joined the, the youth leadership and the youth staff. And then I went to college and went to Sacramento State where I met Stephanie. But I would still come home every weekend to serve in children's ministry. Just serving and being a part of Creekside, I'll get that later, has been a big part of what I do. And I absolutely love it and the vision that Terry has just infused in our life of serving and having serving be a part of our culture. Now, I do love, really, really love what I do with the kids. I go over there on Sundays and I get to go on stage and be an absolute goofball. And then I get to teach the lesson and then be a goofball again. And it's so fun. And now diving into youth ministry for the first time, having been a part of youth ministry my whole life, uh, going through middle school ministry here and high school ministry, but now being in charge. It's the first time I've been in charge of it, but I'm having a great time doing it. And I love seeing the light bulbs go off in the kids' heads when you say something and you know that God just revealed something to them. Wasn't, wasn't what I just said, but you know God is working in their hearts. There's no feeling quite like it. And so I love, love what I get to do. There was uh, just this past Wednesday. So we're out there and, and I'm meeting some of the kids and we're setting things up. And this kid starts riding, he's riding his dirt bike around in the parking lot. And he has a sister with him. She's in the third grade, and they're riding by, and she looks up and goes, oh, that's the Sea Games guy, as I'm walking around outside. So I walk over, and I, I don't remember what her name is, Sea Games. There's a lot of kids here. But I go over, and I'm saying hi and talking, and it was great. So this, this kid, I said, you know, what grade are you in? He goes, I'm in middle school. And then he asked me, what are you guys doing here? So I got to talk about CYC a little bit, because it was Wednesday night, and the youth leadership team was here getting things ready. I said, well, the band is getting ready. Um, this is CYC 180 from 6 to 7. We, we get to play a bunch of games. We have basketball, and we have some video games, and some of the girls hang out here, and the guys do this. And then we have badminton, and he goes, you have badminton? <laughs> I, did never, I never thought a sixth grader would utter that excitement for badminton. But he did. He goes, you have badminton? Like, yes, we do. He goes, I'm going to come. i got to call home. So he calls home on the spot, says, Mom, I'm at Creekside. They have badminton. Can I stay until 8? <laughs> and he hangs up. He goes, i got to take her home. I'll be right back. And so he goes, and, and he comes back, and he's here all night. He was here early to play badminton. And then um, my student leadership team, I was meeting with them, and I guess the joke was they were kind of thinking, why do we even have badminton? Nobody really cares. And I was like, you eat those words right now, because <laughs> this kid just came for badminton. And then what's even greater, though, is that night, I would, the message I had given to the youth was about um, locking the word of God in your heart. And I go over and we're having a discussion at the end of the night. So I go to his table and we're just asking questions. And he says, he said, Dustin, you mentioned having Jesus in your heart and putting verses in your heart. How do I even know if there's there? What does that even mean? And it was just like, all right, all of my small group questions are gone. You know, we're, we're now, but it was great. We got to, as a table, minister to this kid who didn't know what we were talking about. And it was, it just, I leave there going, I love what I get to do. 
I love working with kids. I love working with youth. It's a privilege, and it just fills me up working with all these kids. Now, I think when we're here at Creekside, as Pastor Terry has talked about serving, we can see in Scripture that Jesus gives us a charge to serve. So if you open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 10, I'm actually going to read from the message a paraphrase. I like how the message uh, words this uh, verse together, this, this chapter together. But uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. And as you're turning there, I'll give you a little history of what's going on. So Jesus had just spent a lot of time healing people. He had just, some blind people were getting their sight back. Jesus stood up and saw a multitude of ill people, and he was praying and healing people. And then Jesus prayed over everyone, and with his disciples, he was praying for a harvest. He said, let there be hands for this harvest. And that's where we pick up in chapter 10. <clears throat> so it says this, the prayer was no sooner prayed than it was answered. Jesus called 12 of his followers and sent them into the ripe fields. He gave them power to kick out evil spirits and to tenderly care for the bruised and hurt lives. This is a list of the 12 he sent. Simon, they called him Peter or Rock. Andrew, his brother James, Zebedee's son. John, his brother Philip, Bartholomew. Thomas, Matthew, the taxman. James, son of Alphaeus. Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite. Judas Iscariot, who later turned on him. Jesus sent the 12 harvest hands out with this charge. Don't begin by traveling to some far-off place to convert unbelievers, and don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. Now, I love that because there's a point that the scripture is making. Jesus is saying we are called to go and serve. Now, Jesus had an absolutely incredible ministry when you look through uh, the, the Gospels and you see what he did with people, absolutely incredible things that he had done. And he brought this group of 12 people with him everywhere he went. They got firsthand experience to see the miracles and the life and the love of Jesus, and that's an incredible thing. But here's something Jesus didn't do. He didn't just say, all right, I need all 12 of you to, to follow me and, and just listen, listen. Okay, we're done, now go to sleep. Okay, the next day, follow me, follow me, listen, go to sleep. The next day, follow me, and then he was crucified. It didn't happen that way. He did do that where he was saying, follow me, follow me. But then we see here, he gave a clear charge to go do something. It wasn't just about coming. He said, now that you're here, now that you've seen, let's go. Let's apply what we're learning. Let's reach, let's bring the kingdom out there. Practice what you're learning. Spread the word. Now, verses 5 through 8 even say you don't have to go very far. You can do something in your immediate surrounding. He said you don't have to travel a ridiculously long way to go spread the gospel. There's things you can do. There's places you can serve in your immediate area. Now, in, later on in your life, God may call you to go do something, or as you start serving different ministries, God may say, hey, absolutely, go do this. Join the Mexico missions team. There's my shameless plug for the Mexico team. He may be called to do that. But there are areas right away that we can dive into that we may not even realize, I can be effective here, I can be effective there, because you're just not, we just aren't seeing, it's right here in front of me. But we can serve absolutely right in our area. Now, there are ministries here that I believe every single person in this room has something to offer. I don't think there's anyone here sitting here that could sit there and say, there is nothing I can offer to any ministry at Creekside. I don't believe that for one minute. I believe that everyone here, no matter what ministry it is, there's something you can do there. And I'll get more into that a little bit later <clears throat> as we go on and unpack a little bit. Now, Creekside has many ministries and opportunities. And when you come on a Sunday, you actually, you could easily walk in and go, oh, they don't need me. They've got this place covered. 
worship team's going, kids' team's going, youth is going. Everything's good. I'm just going to walk in and it's all good. But what you don't see is all the behind-the-scenes stuff that takes place to make it happen. The things that people are doing, whether it's uh, teaching a class or the tasks involved, there's a lot going on. There's many, many moving pieces to ministries here at the church, and a lot goes into it. It takes a lot of people. <clears throat> now, ultimately, we don't just want a ministry to be running smoothly. We want a ministry to be running smoothly enough to where it, it helps people grow into Jesus. You know, having a, a, a fun running program is not the point. We want a program that's going to stretch people. It's going to grow people. It's going to grow those kids. It's going to grow us. We want everything we do to point back to Jesus. Now, this morning, I thought I'd spend some time sharing with you guys what goes into running a ministry. Kind of what, 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 do, we, what do we think, what, what do I know are some key elements that a ministry needs in order for it to get to that point where it is reaching people, it's growing for Jesus, and it's successful. Now, a lot of what I explain and talk about is going to come from the viewpoint of children's ministry because I've been doing that for a really long time. And um, some youth ministry stuff because I've been doing that. I'm a pro now, three weeks in. Boom, I got it covered. So some youth ministry stuff, some children's stuff, but it's, they're principles that apply across the board for all the ministries here at Creekside. So are you guys ready? So the first one's a big one, like really, really big, okay? If you want to be a part of a ministry here at Creekside, you have to be sin-free perfect, pledge to never make another mistake as long as you live. We're all good, right? We're on board? Yeah, right, right. right. Obviously not the case. If, if that were the case, we would have Terry and Trina and probably my wife, and that's it. There's no one else here. We're done. But, but it's, it's, we, we all, we're all in this walk with Jesus. We're all in different phases. We all mess up. We know that. But what I am saying is that more than anything, when we want to serve, we've got to make sure our heart's in the right place. And what I mean by that is we're coming to Jesus saying, all right, Jesus, I'm doing my best to live for you. Now use me. Let's go. Got to come ready to before Jesus saying, Jesus, what can I do? You don't have to be perfect because none of us are. And Jesus works through our imperfections. Jesus comes and he wipes our slate clean and he works with us and he, he helps us grow when we serve. <clears throat> now, something that I know that means is that if we want to feed people, if we want to be a part of a ministry that's growing, if we want to feed them, we've got to make sure we're getting fed as well. It's really hard to, uh, to make dinner for everybody else if you decide you're never going to eat anything as well, right? Because then you starve to death. You don't have anything left to give. So one of the things it takes to run a ministry is to make sure that the members of the team are committed to being at the church. Not being a member of the team, like we don't, what, what, I, what I try to explain and what I'll try to unpack a little bit here is it's one thing to say I'm here because I want to serve in this ministry we say no before you serve in that ministry let's be a part we're team Creekside we're coming here we're, be, we're going to be a part of what God is doing in our hearts here so then we can go serve somewhere else Hebrews 10 25 says it this way let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching so I'll unpack this a little bit with children's ministry so you got to feed people, but then you've got to be fed. Now, what I mean is this. Serving will take something out of you. Not, not like a bad thing, like, oh, man, I just gave myself, now life is over because I served. Not like that. But when you go and you serve, it does take a little bit out of you. It takes a little bit of your time. It takes your energy. It takes your effort. You are giving something of yourself when you serve. Now, at the same time, serving in a ministry is very rewarding. Like I said, and the feeling that you get when you know you just made a difference somewhere and you see that difference in somebody's life, it's incredible. And that, that fills you up in a different way. But let's start with the cold, hard truth. It takes time. I've never known someone to join a ministry team in some way, shape, or form and say, it doesn't take any of my time. No, no, it doesn't take any time at all. It takes time. 
It does. <clears throat> but the time and commitment, they go hand in hand. And depending on where you serve, like children's ministry, for example, it may take you out of a Sunday morning. So right now, I have people over there in the children's ministry team. They're over there teaching the kids. There's people in the nursery, people in the preschool, people in the fourth and fifth, and then the K through third, and they're out there, and they're, they're having a great time with the kids. And it's fun to see what they do with the kids. But it takes them out of Sunday morning. Some of them teach once a month. Some of them will teach for a whole month straight and then take some time off because they want to be in there. But here's, here's how it works. So say this is you. This is your life. And this is you. You come to church. You come in and you're engaged in worship and you're, you're listening to the word and God is just filling you up. To be forgiving of me, it's really hard to do this without one of my thumbs. I drop things so much at home right now, it's crazy. <clears throat> so this is God filling you up and you come here and you're like, God, you have just filled my spiritual tank. I am ready to go. And then you go out and this cup represents everything else you're doing in your life. You go out into the world. You go out home, you go to work, whether it's home with your friends, and you start pouring out into them, talking about, you know, your life, and you share a little bit of yourself. Let's take it a little further. You, you join a ministry team, and you start pouring into the other ministries here. It's good stuff. You are now pouring what God is infusing in you. You are sharing and pouring into other people, and that's a great thing. And so then you, you go, children's ministry, and my team over there, they're teaching, and they're pouring out. Then another week goes by, and they keep pouring. Then another week goes by. Pretty soon, you get to that point where, man, if you're not getting fed, you're just running on empty now. And those people that you're feeding, they're in turn going to go start feeding other people. They're going to go and they're going to start saying, man, I learned this and this was shared with me and now I'm going. And then it's your turn to come work again, but you haven't, you haven't had a chance to come to church and, and you're not here, you're not getting filled up. And then it's your turn to go and there's nothing left to give. You haven't let God fill you up. So it's important to know that something I believe a ministry needs is people that are getting filled. The more you let God fill you, the more you let God give you his best, the more you're going to go give your best to somebody else. And that cycle is just going to keep continuing and continuing. Although the picture I'm holding up here is going to run out of water, God's will never run out. And the more you let him fill you, the more he will just keep going. And that's what a ministry is going to take, people that are committed to being here and getting filled first and foremost. <clears throat> I think that shows a lot of us putting God first, saying, God, I can't serve without you first. You are the reason I'm here. You're the reason. You're what I want to share. Please fill me up. It's a big part of what we're doing. <clears throat> Don't let the, the pouring out of you get so depleted that you can't pour into somebody else. Now, the verse in Hebrews that I read uses uh, the word encourage, to encourage one another. Now, in Hebrew, that word is translated as aded. And what that means is to exhort, to strongly build up, and urge someone to do something. When we come to church or we go to a small group and we start letting our cup get filled and we start challenging each other and we start building each other up and as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another and we get to grow together. We get to challenge one another. We get to do that. We get to a dead with one another and through that, our cup can overflow with what God is doing in our hearts. It allows us to grow deeper with Jesus, but it starts by being engaged. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And what better way to build each other up and to get filled than to let the word fill you up here on a Sunday or in a small group in one of our connection groups or growth groups. <clears throat> let it fill you up to pour you out. This is key of letting God pour out for you in, in ministries. Now, 
I love my position, but I can easily fall into the same trap. It's really easy for me because I love being with the kids so much on a Sunday. It's really easy for me to be over there and teach the lesson and then just hang out with a small group or just keep going along and, and playing with them because in, in a sense that fills me up and I love doing it. I know the people on my team, it fills them up what they do, but I have to remember too that I've got to make sure I'm getting filled. What I'll often do is I'll teach a lesson and then once I'm done, I'll sneak in and the back corner there is my area where I get to hang out. And I see one of my, one of my leaders actually snuck in. He's back there too. <laughs> but that's what we get to do because I get to come in and I get to get filled because I know if I want to pour out, I've got to let God pour in. <clears throat> I want to make sure my team's doing the same thing. And every team we have here at Creekside, we want to make sure the same thing. You're committed to growing in God first, then we serve and we watch people grow because of our service. Another element involved in, a, in a running a successful ministry and a key element is having prayer warriors. Now, this may seem like, oh, duh, we're in church, we pray, right? This may seem obvious, but show of hands, how many of you guys have done something and then realized you didn't pray about it before? I, I, all the time, <laughs> all the time. Man, the truth is, we, this is the backbone of a successful ministry, making sure you have people praying for it. I'm guilty of throwing up the Hail Mary prayer in the moment because I didn't do it like when I was supposed to before I started. It was about uh, nine or ten years ago when the dinner auction was given to me. The dinner auction is the fundraiser that we do to raise money for our kids to do the summer camps. And remember Pastor Terry asking me, you know, can you take on the auction? I was like, all right, let's do it. And the next month was just the most insane month of my life. I was going crazy, this phone call, that phone call, this call, that, and it print this paper, and I was just going nuts trying to get this thing together. I wasn't praying about it. I was just on the move. And we were about a couple days out, one or two days out from the auction, and Paula, who was running a big part of the auction for me, a lot of behind-the-scenes administration, I'm in the room, and she can tell I'm just, I'm in panic mode. It's all over my face. I'm just stressed out. She goes, when was the last time you prayed about this? <laughs> Guilty moment, like, never. <laughs> I didn't do it. And so in that moment, she said, let's just stop right now and pray. And so right then I had my papers, dropped them down, and I did like a collapse at the table. <laughs> Head hit the table. It was just a desperation moment of, you know, I can't believe I didn't do this before, but I prayed. Crazy thing after I prayed, everything fell into place. It was one of those like, why did I wait so long to do this? <laughs> but, but everything fell into place, and it was one of the most successful auctions we had ever had, and I know that's because we stopped to take time to say, God, we need you in this. This is not about us. This is about what you're going to do through this event for the kids. We had to make sure he was first. Every ministry on campus, everything we do needs people to pray for it. We need people to look up and say, you know what? On Wednesday night, those kids are going to come in that room. I'm going to pray for those kids. I'm going to pray that new kids come. I'm going to pray that the kids that are there, they're going to hear a word from God at that table. I'm going to pray that when, when the, the worship team is playing, and by the way, we have an awesome youth worship band. It's so fun to watch them grow and play and lead these kids. When, when the worship team is playing, God, we're going to pray that you touch and start molding those hearts in that moment. We need people to pray for the youth. We need people to pray for the youth staff, that God will help direct their conversation, and that God will speak through them to all the kids that come in. We need people to pray for the kids on a Sunday morning, that when they're filing in this building, we pray, God, you know, I pray for every kid in here, that you touch every little heart from zero years old all the way up to our graduating seniors. God, you touch every heart that comes in here, and you reveal yourself in some way, shape, or form. This is key to ministry, having people to pray. There is power with prayer. When we communicate to God, God who loves us, and we show him that we're putting him first. It's amazing what prayer does. Now, Paul, in the New Testament, we have Paul, who's one of the early leaders, of, a leader of the early Christians. He wrote most of the New Testament. 
Now, he was praying for a church in Colossae, and, and check this out. I love this. Paul was praying for this church even though he had never met many of the people there. He was just praying for them because he heard that there were people there doing the work of God, so he wrote them letters and said, I am praying for you. The, the prayer he gave, Colossians 1, 3 and 4, says this, We always pray for you, and we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all God's people. And when I read that, I think, wow, how amazing is it that Paul is praying for these people that he's never even met? I look at that, it's like, hey, if it's important to pray for those people, it's got to be important to pray for the people that we see every day. It's got to be. You know, it, it, this, is, this is something that's vital that we can't miss out on. Simply praying for the kids that walk in here, knowing that we're all in this together. We're all part of the team Creekside. <clears throat> Give thanks to those this, this verse is saying to give thanks to those who trust in Christ. Pray for individual group members that they continue their growth. What better way to do it than to look at the people around you now and say, I'm going to pray for this table. So look at a classroom. I'm going to pray for that classroom. Let, I mean, can you imagine what can happen with the power of prayer with all of us praying for the people here at the church? All of us praying for the people in Martinez? I kind of get the chills and excited thinking about the things we can do if we start with prayer. Throughout the Bible, we see some examples of the power of prayer. In 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah prayed, and he saw fire rain down from heaven and burn an altar that was drenched in water. And I mean burnt to a crisp, nothing left. In 2 Kings, Jerusalem was surrounded by an invading army. King Hezekiah prayed for deliverance from God. As any you know, one would be pretty freaked out if this massive army surrounds your city, he threw up a prayer, said, God, I need your help. God wiped out the invading army before they were able to fire a single arrow into the city. In Samuel, we see a woman named Hannah desperately wanting a child, and she prays, and she offers herself and her service to God. And then God answers her prayer and gives her Samuel. Samuel will then go on to find uh, King David, one of the greatest kings in Scripture. We can never forget, there is real power in prayer. If God can do these things, and I know we all have stories of what God has done in our life, I know I could, we could say, give me an example of God answering your prayer, and we could fill this room with examples of how God has met us in certain times that we thought were impossible, and they probably were impossible until we, we brought God into it. If God can do all these things, imagine what he can do when we pray for our ministries, when we pray for our kids, and we pray for the leaders here. It's absolutely incredible. Just recently, a friend of mine was having a really bad day at work, and I was talking with him, and I, I had never seen him this broken before, just kind of like the things are not living, it's just not working the way I thought it was. I'm kind of desperate right now. I don't know what to do. And so we're talking about it. And he said, he told me, oh, we talked about it before. And I talked to him later. He goes, yeah, after I talked to you that night, I went home and I just collapsed, like at the feet of Jesus, like, Jesus, help me. I need your help right now because I just don't know what to do. It's amazing that after he did that, within like two days, things were fixing. It was like, things are better. Things are great. But it was after he had the moment where he fell at the feet of Jesus. We can never discount what Jesus does when we go to him and ask. We need people to pray for all of our ministries. <clears throat> Having said that, there's more to working and running a ministry than um, we said we need people to be here. We need people to pray. But there's another thing, and this is, to unpack this one a little bit. You guys ready? Some of you are ready. Ministry needs people. Let me unpack that a little bit. I'll phrase it this way. We need people. Okay, um, how about if I were to say, a ministry needs people. There we go, and then we got it. Yeah, ministry needs people, right? There's no way around it. Ministry, each ministry team, it's a team because there's people on it. 
It needs people to run. It needs people to do everything involved with making it happen. We need hands. We need feet. Feet, sorry. <laughs> we need feet at home. Avery calls them her footsies. I need my footsies. But we need hands. We need feet. We need hearts. We need people to be a part of these teams. And many people have different roles. But what's great is I mentioned this earlier. I believe every single person in this room has something that they can bring to the table. No matter where you are in your life, no matter what you do professionally, no, no matter what it is, what your gift is, because I think we all have a gift, we all have something we can bring. God created all of us different. We all have different talents. Romans 12, 4 through 8 says this, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not, no, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. Each member belongs to others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophecy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now, sticking with the theme of children's and youth ministry, what, what I love about this verse is it doesn't say, hey, if your gift is administration, go volunteer to be the lead teacher on a Sunday morning with the kids. That may not be your, <laughs> your wheelhouse, right? That the thought of being in front of a group of kids may freak you out. All those little judging eyes looking at you. I'm just kidding. They don't judge. It's, it's awesome. But you know, it, it, may, it may stir up some anxiety. That, that's just not you. I know plenty of people who don't want to do that. And they, they've said, I don't work in children's ministry because I don't want to be around kids. But at the same time, those people have a great gift of administration. They do a lot of good stuff where they can come in. And I actually do have people that aren't in classrooms with kids, but they will come in in the week and they will make sure that these classrooms are prepped. Supplies are there. Lesson plans are printed. Things are ready. So even though they may not be in the room with the kids, the people, when they come in because that's what they want to do, they are ready to go. Because what I found, even personally with me, is my gift is not administration. I had to really, really grow and really stretch myself. And you could probably talk to Pastor Terry or even Monique about some horror stories of my administration skills. But I had to grow and do that. But that's, that's not my number one strength. I've had to learn it. I've had to grow in it. But there are some people that are just gifted in doing that. And what I love about this verse is it says that. If your gift is teaching, then teach. If your gift is something else, use that gift. You don't have to say, I'm not good at this. I don't want to do this. I have no desire for it. So here I go. If that's not you, don't do it. You're going to set yourself up to have a really painful time serving in that ministry. But when you find the thing you want to do and you do it, you're going to have an amazing time because you're doing what you love and you're doing what you're good at, no matter what ministry it is. <clears throat> don't think you can't volunteer somewhere just because you don't know what it involves. You have tasks you can do. Some people that I've talked to, actually, there's, there's a Sea Games team that comes. They don't come for the event because for them, walking into a room and having 200 kids throwing balls and screaming and bouncing on inflatables is, for, is just no. But they will come afterwards and they will reset this room so it's ready for the next for Sunday morning because that's what they want to do and that's what they have time and what they can do. They come in and, and it's funny, every time they would come in, they had a little different idea like, let's put numbers on the tables, let's put numbers on the chart because that was how their mind was thinking on how to set things up. That was their gifting. And it's awesome to see people jump in and serve in their gift. 1 Peter um, 4, 10 through 11 says, Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in his various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. 
I love it. Peter is saying when we take our talents and we use it and we're serving God with our talents, we're praising God. We're furthering his kingdom because we're serving with the things that he gave us. We're giving him glory for the gifts he already gave us. That's a great thing to think about. Again, it doesn't say if you don't want to teach, too bad, go teach. Um, I, don't ever, I don't ever want anyone to step into whether children or youth ministry thinking they don't have what it takes or they, they don't want to do this. You know, I, I want people to go where they want to serve. I did have a meeting this week with someone from the youth staff who they had actually said the phrase, I just don't know what I offer. And so I got to talk to them and, and through our discussion, we started finding things, this is what you bring to the table. No one, else in the, no one else in the youth ministry does what you do for a living. No one else has the mind in the way you think. So when you come to the table, you bring an absolutely new, fresh perspective to the table. You bring something different. <clears throat> Never discount wherever you are in your life, you bring something to the table. If, if you think you don't, I guarantee you right now, that's a wrong thought. You have something to bring. It's just a matter of finding what it is and executing it, doing it. Can you imagine if we had everybody in here sign up to be on a ministry team in some way, shape, or form? Imagine what this place would be. Imagine just the growth we would have as a congregation, not just as a church, but in your own hearts personally, if we were all serving in a ministry somewhere. If, if everyone in here was doing something in, in the children's room, imagine the love that the children would feel. If everyone was doing something with the youth ministry, remember, not just in front with the youth, but even behind the scenes, just doing something with the ministry, imagine the love that the youth would feel. And I think that would be something that would not be able to be contained in these walls. If there's that much happening in here, it would explode out of this building. And there are elements of ministries that are already, that explode out. It's really, really fun to be a part of. But just, I I get the chills and I start thinking, talking really fast when I think about, we could do this, 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 because people are involved. It's exciting to think of what we can accomplish with everybody being on the team. On the flip side of that, imagine if we had no volunteers, Try and picture that coming in on a Sunday or coming to an event, and it's, it's just the staff, and you have, you, you got us running around trying to get this done because there's just nobody here. It would be a little awkward. It, it would be very different, to say the least, but definitely awkward trying to figure out what is going on right now. There is nobody here. There's a lot that wouldn't happen because, as like I said before, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that takes place for, for ministries to happen. And if we don't have the people and we don't have the volunteers, things don't happen. And they definitely don't happen with the excellence that we really want them to happen with. It takes a lot of people. It would be a complete shock to walk in and see no volunteers, right? It would, if you have kids walking in and saying, there's nothing for kids today. This is going to go well. And then bring them all in here and sit at the tables. That could be, that could be interesting. <clears throat> and, you know, you come in like, all right, we're ready to worship. And there's, there's just no team. I'm like, all right, we're going to go. It could be different. It takes people to just say, I am willing. Now, like I said, um, you know, it takes the prayer. It takes people saying, I'm committed to being here. I'm committed to letting God fill me up. And it takes people to say, I am available. You may not even know what you want to do yet, but if you make yourself available and you come saying, all right, I bring, I bring this element, where can I go? There's a place. There's always a place to go and serve. I guarantee it, just like this said, man, when you, when you come and you serve, God fills you up, and then you're able to go, and you fill someone else up. And if we're all doing it, then they go, and they fill someone else up. And the cycle just keeps repeating, and the love of God pours out and pours out because we're letting him feed us, and we're acting on our gifts and serving God, and we're able to serve. 
We need hearts that are willing to be here at Creekside getting filled. We need prayer. Even if that's your gift, that's a behind-the-scenes thing, but we need prayer. And then lastly, we need people. I need people to be a part of Team Creekside. We need people to look just what you're going to do and sign up to do it. Next week, there's going to be the, the ministry fair. And so I challenge you guys this week, think about it. What is God going to be stirring in your hearts? What area do you want to dive into? Because I guarantee you, there's something for you everywhere. There's something you can bring in any ministry. So be thinking this week when you leave, God, what am I going to serve? God, what, where, what ministry is my talent going to be effective in? Where can I bring my talent and where can I watch you thrive through me because I'm serving you with this? And if you don't want to wait till next week, by all means, put it in a connection slip and put it in the basket. We'll get a hold of you this week and talk about what we're going to do for serving. But it's amazing what we can do. The more I understand when I come here, when it comes to, to being a part of a team, <clears throat> I love the fact that the power of we always outdoes the power of me. Every single time. The power of we always outdoes the power of me. And when we serve, we are really giving God our best as a team. Amen? And would you all stand with me this morning? And I, I love Team Creekside. I'm, I'm excited that the Pastor Terry gave me the opportunity to speak during this series because I've been a part of Team Creekside my whole life. And so if, uh, I want to encourage you, if you haven't joined a ministry team here on campus, join up. Fill out on your slip. Come to the ministry fair. Uh, don't wait. Find, ask God, what can I do? There's power in prayer and there's power. If you ask him, bet you anything, he'll tell you, why don't you try this one? And the great thing about it, too, is if you try one, you're not locked into that until the day you die. You can always go and try something else. It's, you know, we, we're very flexible on what you do. But, but try it out and watch what God can do through you because you said, I am available to serve. Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, I thank you so much for, for Creekside and the people here and the chance that we get to just come together and celebrate and worship. God, I pray that as we leave here today, uh, we, we leave challenged. We leave thinking, how can I serve? How can I be a part of what's going on? How can I be a, better, how can I be a bigger part of Team Creekside? What gifts do I have to offer to any team here? And I pray, God, that when you stir that in our hearts, we act on it. We, we pray about it, we act on it, and we join a team, and we watch what you can do through all everything, God. We, it's not because of us, it's because of you, and it's for your glory that we serve. And we, I know, I know when we come together and serve you, you do incredible things. We thank you, God, we love you. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today, your loved Creekside. Have a great afternoon.